Hello and welcome back beyond the sofa. I'm Peter. I'm Dave. And tonight, a quick look over the recent news. This is a bit of an interstitial episode for Beyond the Sofa as we are winding our way towards the end of the year and the inevitable Christmas special and, of course, the regeneration of Peter Capaldi into the next Dr. Jodie Whittaker. Spoilers! (laughs) Bugger. But first, a couple of sad farewells to two of Doctor Who's leading companions of the past, uh, which is to say Paddy Russell and Dudley Simpson. Mm. So Paddy Russell, uh, very much a significant figure in the um, in the classic series for being the first female director for Doctor Who, uh, a career which uh, spanned the 60s and 70s. Not a lot of Doctor Who episodes, but certainly some... Some pretty classic ones. Yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, the, the, the stories of uh, the likes of Invasion of the Dinosaurs, Horror of Fang Rock, very much aided by her eye and uh, some innovative approaches to the filming in both stories, particularly with Invasion of the Dinosaurs and her uh, her approach to getting those all-important scenes of a deserted London at uh, mm-hmm. the wee small hours of the morning. Uh, just her and a cameraman, and mm-hmm. uh, fantastic results. And, of course, uh, The Massacre, which is one of the more interesting missing episodes, and one of the ones that is sort of... Occasionally gets omnirumified. Yes, and of course that's um, that's one of uh, that's one of your favourite stories, isn't it, Dave? Of the well, it's, it's one of the more intriguing ones. It's 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 sort of a it's very much an odd fish, but maybe we should uh, look at it in more depth. We'll get a recon, and maybe we should look at that in more depth. Give it a mm. a good old thinking to. Bit of a bit of a lost gem, possibly, but it, it all depends on how Bill Hartnell deals with a double role. Um, so. Yeah, who knows? Hopefully it's someone and they'll share it with us. Certainly her behind-the-scenes and a lot of other telefantasy needs to be uh, acknowledged. She was an assistant stage manager uh, for the Quatermass experiment. Mm-hmm. And the pit, I believe, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, uh, she, um, she was a director for Compact, which was, um, was a Hazel Adair and Peter Ling's series of the mm-hmm. 60s. Uh, I'm also looking at uh, adaptations of um, Treasure Island, Out of the Unknown. Mm-hmm. Ne- neither of which... Re- uh, I might have seen the Treasure Island one, actually. I can remember a Treasure I- Island adaptation when I was rather small. So mm-hmm. that's, that's possibly something there. But yeah. Uh, um, I, fe- I have to admit, though, to my shame, for many years I just looked in the programme guide and Le Fischier and stuff, and Paddy Russell was a bloke. I never actually appreciated it was short for Patricia. Do you, my my confession is that I used to get Paddy Russell and Paddy Kingsley mixed up. So Paddy Kingsley, the uh, the soundtrack to uh, many of the early Davison and late Tom Baker stories. Paddy Russell had left the picture by then. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, uh, although, you know, the, the Baker influence is one that we would have picked up on. Though Horror mm. Fan Rock didn't play here for a very long time. No, no. Um, just also looking at other um, series that she contributed to alongside... Um, out of the unknown, there were late night horrors. Uh, there was the Omega Factor, of course. Yes, yes. Currently re- enjoying a bit of a revival with a big finish, mm. um, which it, it's something I'm sure I would have loved if I was old enough at the time. But now I'm not too sure if it's it's something I could rewatch. It's a bit too uh, the bees, the bees. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have no idea what you're on about. <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. It it, it 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 suffers a it will suffer a poor comparison with something like the Wicker Man, right? Which right. is so, which is sort of the seventies horror benchmark. Um, and you you won't you won't you know, you'll think of things like the X Files when evaluating this program that was made twenty years prior. Okay, so does it mind the same sort of uh, folk horror? That a lot of seventies series. Do. I've 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 only listened to the Big Finish ones, so it mm. uh, it, it it's sort of very much uh, yeah. I, from what I understand, it's sort of yeah a folk horror-y equivalent of the X Files. Right. I'm, I'm probably dis- making this impossible to edit. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, and also, um, farewell. That just two days after Paddy Russell, Paddy Russell passed in uh, the second of uh, November of this year, aged eighty-nine. Two days after, at ninety-five, Dudley Simpson, um, the man who provided so many soundscapes to so many episodes of Doctor Who through again the sixties and the seventies, from the Planet of Giants all the way up to the Horns of Nyman, and. Prime Nightmare Fuel did the theme to The Tomorrow People. Yes, which um, if uh, anybody out there is listening to our other podcast, uh, Where Eagles Dare, uh, is currently our theme music for Doom Lord. Yes, but yeah, I couldn't think of anything better, which I think is the, the, the best accolade I can think of it. As a 40-year-old male, the, the, that, that tune still seems like a, a very discordant... Uh, eerie background to have going it's fantastic and and for a man who wasn't apparently particularly keen on synthesizers boy he knew his way around it it, it was um there's some great stuff there and even in some of his um, who soundtracks as well seeds mm. of death um for example he's um he's he's completely filling the scope with uh with a great variety of instruments although quite a small um Quite a small ensemble, uh, apparently, with regards mm. to instrumentation. Um, never the full orchestra, although close to it with Talons of Wing Chiang, maybe. Mm. And all of Black Seven, I believe. And or, or, damn near all of Black Seven. Certainly the theme tune, which is another one of those iconic tunes as well. Name a classic series um, episode of the you know of of the the ripest vintage of Pertwee of Troughton and Tom Baker and you're probably going to find the soundtrack to Dudley mm. uh, Simpson in the background uh, a lot of um, a lot of praise for the likes of City of Death as well okay. and uh, Sharda so I don't know if there's any any uh, if he had any involvement in the upcoming re-release but I assume there's a lot of his original tunes there uh, one hopes, it would be really nice I mean possibly a little bit late now with the, with the new release but um Given that he was contracted to provide the the music, of course, by the time it was um, it was released on video, it was now I don't think it was Keith McCulloch, but it no, was I'm not sure. Mm, it was another one of the eighties composers who um, yeah. who stepped in instead. Yeah, again, another sad loss. Mm. Although at again at ninety five, um, I don't think we can. Yeah, you know, he had a very good innings. It is a good innings, as they say in the ashes. So, um, Vale, Paddy and Dudley. Mm. Uh, and on to the new series. Uh, news of the new series, of course. In the past couple of weeks, we have had a costume for the Doctor, thankfully. 
Or two um, even. One with colour corrected and one without. Uh, uh, yes, yeah, that, 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 that grading, I don't know. I looked at the costume and then my eyes got completely drawn to the TARDIS photoshopped in the background and I thought, oh dear. <laughs> um, I, I have to admit, it doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I, I, I'm not a great one for Doctor costumes. It's just not, mm. not, not a thing that floats my boat. So, It is I'm, a costume, isn't it, rather than an outfit? Uh, possibly, I don't know. The proof of the pudding will be in the the the, the proverbial eating. But mm. I think most of the you know for the last couple of doctors, the the costume doesn't last unfiddled with for a series or two. You but know, Capaldi, the, the... Capaldi could could barely be out of it soon enough. Uh, the um, mm. after the the Pertwee ensemble, as soon as the hair started growing, it was in, into hoodies and. Sweatshirts, yeah. and everything else, yeah, stovepipes. Yeah, so so I'm I'm not I'm not entirely convinced it's it's a permanent fixture, and and if it is, I'm not, I'm not particularly fussed. The proof of the yeah, the proof of it will be in the actual performance. Still, you thanks to the likes of Huffington Post, you can find out how to get that cosplay look from the high street. So the likes of Collots, some fancy neon styled. Um, Braces, of course, a long coat and uh, a rainbow T-shirt. Mm. Make of that what you will, and you're away. Oh, she stole it from Bill's wardrobe. Maybe. I don't know. I, uh, or is it a tribute to Bill? I don't know. But uh, just a note on the costume. My daughter went to a school dress-up dress, dress up disco mm. um, a, a couple of weeks before it was announced, and she, from three items in her cupboard, was able to put together the trailer costume and she was quite happy with that. So, <laughs> excellent. Yeah, I suppose that's something in there. I mean, there's there's the whole ethos of the cosplayer, and there is, you know, full credit. There are some fantastic cosplay designers and wearers out mm. there, but it's also a mark, I think, of the success of of a character and of a character design that a child can appropriate things from around the house. And reproduce it. Again, it wasn't a perfect reproduction, but she was happy enough to go. Uh, but, you know, as, as a kid, you know, um, grab a towel, wrap it around your, your neck, and you're Superman. So. Well, that's true. Well, as, as another parent, Peter, I'm sure you're aware of the parental sigh of relief where I can't find what I can't find what I, I can't find what I. Oh, this will do. Yep. <laughs> Sweet. Right. Right. Excellent. Um, one other thing, though, there was a, a, a shot released on the the wider nets of uh, Jodie Whittaker wearing Capaldi's costume. Mm. And that that looked rather good on her, I thought. (laughs) Well, that was the way I I could see it going, I thought. I thought, you know, crushed velvet smoking jacket probably wouldn't be too bad on on a female doctor. Um, Yeah, but every... With somebody the figure of, you know, Jodie Whittaker, which is going to be pretty well... Oh dear! Uh, step back from the corner. Uh, step back. From, <laughs> step back from the microphone, Peter. Step back from. Um, uh, but no. But unfortunately, every doctor and every doctor's costume, I assume, is a reaction against the previous doctor's costume. So mm-hmm. you go from bomber jacket and skivvies to suit and tie to yeah. sort of tw- non non suity tweedy at look mm-hmm. to sort of yeah expertwee. So yeah. I, I I don't know. I, 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 we shall see. We shall see. Question. Mm. 
Did Missy ever wear trousers? I don't believe so. I believe it was always the Mary Poppins mm. outfit or variations upon that. I mean, yeah. I mean, she wore, she wore trousers when she was the master. Mm. I could imagine she was dis- she should have been. I would have loved to see Michelle Gomez go in disguise as someone else who you know doesn't Anthony Alien. Oh, hello, it's me. Because um, I think it'd be interesting to see her as an actor pull that off. Um, mm. But no, I don't believe she was anything other than full on Missy. Yeah. Although I think at one point she was wearing a sort of knickerbockery thing with it. I'm not sure when she was lounging around on the piano. I might be. I might be completely wrong. Oh, okay. Well, of course, that's what you want to be lounging around in, isn't it? Yes. Uh, rather than a full full skirt. Um, the, the fabulous Tom Baker boys, it ain't. No. But yeah, collots, quite practical. Collots with walking boots. Um, the cut of the coat terminates at the cuffs of the collots, which is quite neat. I don't know about the braces. I think possibly it is a little bit too romper room, a bit too rainbow with mm. the bigar. Um And it bothers me with the sort of the lack of belt. It just seems off. Um, the collots look yeah, like they and, are being suspended. You know, it's weird. Uh, uh, but that's me. Yeah, again, it, it, it doesn't do much for me, but I, it's not a showstopper. It's just a... Mm. But again, if if someone was pulling out a, a 30-foot-long scarf now, I'd be sitting there going, hmm? Yeah. Without the history, quite. so, you know... So apparently the um, the colours of Tom Baker's scarf are picked out in the rainbow. It's not technically a rainbow there. <sighs> yeah, but, but it's, it's, that's that's the that's the modern equivalent of a yeah that's the mm. modern equivalent of Sylvester McCoy's umbrella handle. A bit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey. So um, speaking of callbacks to the past, um, companions for uh, Jodie Whittaker's Doctor as well. Yes, I, I'm not sure how they're going to handle three. It, it's it's going to be interesting. Um, I'm not a, a, adverse to it. I thought Amy and Rory actually worked really well as a, 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 a made it a three hander and made it an interesting dynamic. Hmm. And I, 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 I like the idea of Bradley Walsh. He's I've seen him acting in a couple of things over the years, and he's he's not bad. Mm-hmm. So uh, again. We shall see. Watch the space. Whether they're all concurrent or whether they sort of dip in and mm. out, I don't know. It's mm. so I've I've read a rumor about that. Mm. That in fact they may not be concurrent, and they mm. may be from different different places and spaces. Um, mm. But yeah, for what we know, Graham um, played by Bradley Walsh, Yasmin played by Mandip Gill, and Ryan played by Tosin Cole, and um, and there we are. But of course, before then, yeah. we've got another and, appearance by Bill, mm-hmm. and um, before then, some other old companions returning. Yeah, this I'm less convinced by. Yeah, so um, Polly, uh, played by Lily Travis, and Ben, played by Jared Garfield from Hollyoaks, Emmerdale. One of those. I don't watch any of them really. But, mm. uh, Your thoughts, Dave? <laughs> Uh, I've got to be bear with me one sec. Hang on, I'll just, mm. I'll just do some typing. Now, who who was it? Who who's playing him? Jared Garfield. Okay, so that's right. I just want to double check. Was a different person to the big finish stories. So my thoughts, David. Uh, yeah, I've been spoiled by things like big finish because Polly, Ben aside, 
Polly mm. is such a clearly defined vocal yeah. person. Yeah. Uh, she's she for me um Anika Wilkes is Polly and so she's actually more clearly Polly to me than than Liz Shaw is. You know, she's mm. more clearly defined as a as a character and an actor. Ben Ben's a bit more fluid because Ben in the audios is played by someone else. So while I see Michael Craze, I hear, um, uh, I think it's Elliot Chapman. I might be wrong. Um, so the, yeah, uh, again, I can handle Hartnell being recast, but for some reason Polly seems a bigger jump to me. And new Polly looks a lot different to Polly than, than um, Bradley looks like to Hartnell. So, again, it, de- it depends how much they're there and how much suspense can be, dis- you know, can be, how much belief can be suspended. And in fairness, I'm a git. You know, I'm a fanboy git who's fa- far too old and far too grumpy about it. If some kid is watching it going, who's that? You go, oh, that's Polly. She's from the 1960s. They'll just, it'll just go over them like a wave. So you can't be too picky. Uh, no, you can't. I'm... From my perspective, they don't look like Polly and Ben. <laughs> uh, for Polly, definitely, mm. they really need to work on the uh, on the mascara. Um, well, also their heights are all wrong. Polly was actually quite tall, and Ben wasn't. Um, mm. And they sort of balanced out at sort of average between them. But Polly is now sort of seems quite short, and Ben seems toweringly tall. I, I'm not entirely, but you know. What seems strange to me is that that they, I don't know whether they considered going back to the actors they had for An Adventure in Space and Time to play Michael Craze and Annika Wills, which is uh, Mm. Robin Varley and Ellie Spicer. Now, maybe this is a matter of performance. Maybe it's a a matter of cadence of voice. Um, I'd I'd be interested to see whether that, that was an avenue they considered going down. Maybe they turned up and come back Bill Hartnell t-shirts and they were asked not to come back. Yes. So on to the main feature um, of uh, the, this William Hartnell revival, the teaser for Children in Need of Twice Upon a Time. Yeah, again, yeah, look, it looks all right. Context is probably everything. Mark Gatiss seems to be being there. Mark Gatiss. A bit, um, and there's as Doctor confrontations go, it's quite mild. But it's, let's be it's honest, no it's very expensive pants. No, and to be honest, it, it's none of it's the Doctor we're actually waiting to see. Sorry, <laughs> sorry, Peter, you you were great in everything, mm. and I would have loved to have seen more of you, but you're gone now. Mm. <laughs> this is this is this is the last hurrah. Yeah, he's in that weird sort of near the world of, of marking time. Yeah, um, yeah. So it, it, it looks interesting, but I think most of the children in need things are carefully managed to be to be interesting, but not to give away too much. Mm. And it's you know, Gatus is in it as a as a pseudo brigadier. Yep. You know Hartnell. You know a pseudo Hartnell's in it. You know. Peter Capaldi's in it, and so they're they're all faffing about walking into the TARDIS. I think there's an even sort of a, a Bradley's doctor folds up his jacket and hands it to the 
Capaldi's Doctor? Doesn't that happen in the Three Doctors as well? Oh, not that I recall, but I'm not. It's very possible. Mm. I'm, 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 I'm surprised they didn't pull out the you've re, you've re, uh, you've done up the place. I don't like it. Oh, I'm so glad they didn't because they've already done that how many times now? Twice. Uh, oh, that's right. Yes, for the yes they have. The day of the so, doctor. Yes, he's probably and, been. To, um, yeah, probably been to that well a bit too much. In, t- in terms of the gags, I mean the gags are there, but I wasn't specifically looking out for it or listening out for it. But they just did come across to me as Moffat gags. So Bradley's sort of line of "Have I been burgled?" or "I've been burgled." It's just seemed, yeah. Was that really Hartnell, or was that sort of a stock? Uh, again, line? you don't know how much of Hart. It's a, it's a bit like our comments about Troughton. Everyone's Troughton is actually season six set Troughton, not season three Troughton, because mm. no one's seen season three Troughton for a very long time. Uh, I think this is a sort of a, a recollection of what Hartnell was in a very quick character sketch, but that's probably appropriate because you know we're, we're trying to just whisk him through the doors for a Christmas special. Yeah, I but guess ultimately I that's the that, destiny of. The Doctor, isn't it? Is that each incarnation becomes the greatest hits of that incarnation, mm. whether played by the original mm. actor or played by a replacement actor. I mean, Pertwee, yeah, in his later days, past his time in the series, was playing probably your memories of John Pertwee rather than the Doctor as on screen. Mm. Mm. And the other thing about it is, all the jokes aside, it's not actually going to be funny. You know they can put as many jokes in it as they like, but this is this is a swan song for for two doctors, mm. and it, in many ways I feel it's probably a swan song for Gatus as well because you I, I get the the vibe that he's sort of this is his last hurrah with the series just from a couple of comments I've seen online. Mm. He's had his 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 stint of writing episodes and appearing in episodes and. And I think, like all of us, he's now sort of like, okay, the new series has been around for ten years. I can, I love it, but I can let it go a bit. Maybe. Well, he's always got the Sherlock pension fund, hasn't he? He does, he does. But and and, and again, just with the looking back on it, he's basically, I think, going to be the brigadier. Or the, he's going to be the, providing the fo- the role of that foil, and, and in one big, in one big Moffat esque last hurrah before the series potentially goes down a very different future. I'm not yeah. saying that I'm not saying that, that, that you know Jodie Whittaker is the end of the world. Don't get me wrong. I mean I'm sure she's gonna be great. But just with the costume and the three companions and the 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 the, the change to a woman, you get the distinct impression that we're actually going into new territory. We're gonna and it, maybe I'm just putting too much on it, but you know, with with Hartnell and a pseudo brick there, this is very much a, a a farewell to the past, not just a farewell to Capaldi and to to Moffat. It is a more radical reinvention than Smith mm. to Capaldi or well, potentially to Smith. Yeah, well, yeah. we're thinking again. This is pure supposition on our part, and and it's not essentially a bad thing. Don't get me wrong. No, but there's just this funny feeling about it that that sort of the jokes are. The jokes aren't, yeah. The jokes are like the greatest hits, rather than new gags. Hmm. Sorry, I've so, lost the time. No, no. So, um, in a, in a slight detour, um, but on the uh, on the same note of changing of the garden ends of eras, 
um, a universe safe for Black Orchid as the Watcher bails from DWM. Yeah, yeah. Um, crikey, what a way to go. Yep. Uh, so, Nicholas Pegg, the Watcher. Um, Finally confirmed time. as such, yes. I suspected for a long, long time. No one gets to talk that much about John, about uh, Bowie without showing their <laughs> showing their true colours. Um, and there were a lot of Bowie references in his uh, in his column. Um, I, I'm assuming he's always been the Watcher. It's not like the Stig from Top Gear every so often roll out and well, just put a new helmet on. It's possible, I suppose. Well, according to comments on Twitter, I mean, both Gareth Roberts and Clayton Hickman, who are also suspected to have been the Watcher, seem to be quite grateful to be not associated with the character. Yeah. Um, and it's possible that at some point in the past they may have been, maybe even Gary Gillett, because he's been known to sort of stick his oar in mm. uh, very surreptitiously um, well, over the past of the... the Comic, including um, you know, essentially ghost editing the time team. Well, but uh, um, Gary Gillett wrote a book called The A to Z many years ago, hmm. uh, and that has a very watcherish tone to it. Oh, very, yeah. yeah it's a so, it's a fan, it's a really well put together volume. In fact, I wonder if you know, I wonder if he'd ever look at um, revising it. Maybe, hopefully. Well, again, I, I don't know what Gary Gillen's doing nowadays, but yeah, I met him. I met him once. He was a lovely chap. Anyway, uh, <laughs> name drop. <laughs> so farewell, Nicholas Pegg. Farewell. Uh, also, of course, recently we've we've covered that in the past. But uh, Tom Spilsbury, um, the new editor of DWN, Marcus Hearn, um, has now got his first issue in under his belt mm-hmm. and out, and it's a new. Going forward for DW and one hopes, it seemed that sort of in the behind the scenes, not to go into too much detail because it's a lot of scuffle, scuttlebutt about, but um, there, the writing on the wall may have been there for some of the old longer running um, columns, such as the the Watcher and the well, Time Team. The, the, so the, yeah, the, the the problem behind the scenes sounding like it's a case of. Um, DWM had survived the wilderness years and everything by being a non-mouthpiece official mm. magazine and being quite independent and chaotic and irreverent and sometimes, especially in places like The Watcher and Time Team. Mm. Uh, and as a result, maybe the powers that be have been trying to conta- curtail this slightly rebellious official mm-hmm. mouthpiece and... Mm the people who had a lot of freedom there have sort of rebelled is probably a strong word, but it's appropriate considering that last watcher. Watch yeah, your secret message. Mm. Yeah. Revolted. Mm. Mm. But it's not new. I mean, I mean, the, uh, there are always stories of, of writer disgruntled writers doing stuff like that. I think James May did stuff for car magazines in the UK. I think White Dwarf, um, when one of the uh, the outgoing editors or somebody um, or assistant editors uh, left, mm. he left an acrostic um, down the table of contents for that as well. Not to the same degree as is in the last um, or print version of uh, the Watchers column, but mm. um, it was in there. Yeah, mm. uh, it, it's it's actually not as uh, radical. Well, the the. <laughs> The words used are quite radical, but mm. the the method of sticking your boot in as you go out the door 
or are asked to go out the door is not at that rate. You know, it, it has been done before. So, um, I don't know. I have not actually read DWM for years mm. um, because it's, you know, it's, it, it, I was interested in it when they were looking at stuff, you know, uncovering stuff from 30 years ago that I was interested in rather than trying to tell me about what's going to happen on the show next week, which I really don't want to know. No. No. Likewise. I mean, I, I enjoyed the 500th issue, you know, and the um, mm. the great celebrations of, of recent time, but I haven't bought a DWM outside of that issue for a long, long time. Mm. And uh be interesting to see what its future holds. Hopefully there is a future for DWM, but oh, I, it's going I, through some interesting times. It um, is. And, and, and I think who yeah. who is as well. Um, and, mm. and I, But I, I'm not sure. Again, not saying that's a bad thing, mm. but it just... It, it colours my impression of uh, of the ghost of Christmas past to come. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> right, and on that note, I guess, um, Dave, uh, this is us until until Christmas. Really? Uh, probably, but again, Christmas, I shudder to say it, is not that far away. <laughs> no. In the meantime, um, another shout out to our current obsession Dave? Well our, our, our off season obsession mm. yeah. our off season interest yeah. um, yes uh, We're Eagles Dare, a podcast looking at the 1980s run of Eagle comic boys magazine from the UK mm. uh, which is, is findable on iTunes just like this uh, and it has its own Facebook page just like this <laughs> and they're both findable at uh, sofageddon at wordpress.com and you can contact us uh, at, through the usual means uh, sofageddon at gmail.com we're also on twitter at sofageddon because we have social media presence we do <laughs> <laughs> drop us a line we'd love to hear from you so until then and until Christmas it's good night from me and it's good night from me good night good night